Hello everyone, welcome back. Hope everyone is COVID-19 free and hope you're having a good day. I'm very excited for this interview because I get to interview my dad, Gilbert. <laughs> How are you doing today, dad? Doing fine, thank you. Yeah, th thank you for being here and I'm very excited to start, so we'll go ahead and get started. So can you tell us a little about who you are and what your background is? Okay, well, um, I'm married to Carolyn Vita, your mother, who's been uh, almost 30 years, now I've been married for almost 30 years now, with uh, three kids, two twin boys, and an uh, older daughter, uh, Crystal. I've been with the South Coast Air Quality Management District. I'm the supervising investigator, and uh, I manage the investigations department. And uh, I work with the district attorneys and city attorney's office for a lot of our cases. I was also a director for the California Hazardous Materials Investigations Association, an elected member for four years. Um, along with that, I was a real estate, um, I still am, real estate landlord since I was 23 years old. We first bought our property when I was 23. And since then, we've been continuing that. I was uh, managing my uncle's property when I was 14. So that helped me, you know, evolve with that experience. Um, I was the owner of uh, Baskin Robbins for eight and a half years. Um, I coached uh, basketball uh, with our teams from third grade to all the way to eighth grade. And I also coached uh, karate. I was a second degree black belt and uh, coached the kids as well with that and a lot of uh, children. My hobbies included uh, a lot of sports and uh, reading. And uh, coming from a poor family from Philippines, coming over here when I was 13, not having a, a dime in my pocket, mm -hmm. I must say um, I've done well, you know, not just because of me, but, you know, I give a lot of credit to uh, your mother, my wife, Carolyn. Well, that was, that's a lot. That's a great resume. <laughs> and I'm very humbled to be a part of, part of your family, Dad. Um, can you explain to me what's your definition of leadership? Leadership. Leadership is having the efforts and courage of knowing, achieving, and achieving the purpose, the mission, and the vision. And what I mean by that, well, before that, it is the goal of leadership is to enhance an individual or a, and a team, team mm -hmm. members. Mm -hmm. It's ability to understand the experiences and behaviors of your individuals or teams that you have Mm -hmm. and to apply them for future challenges. Mm -hmm. To be a good leader, you, you have to have a vision. Mm -hmm. Vision to what's going to happen from now to later years and to your, you know, until you achieve your uh, goals and success. Gotcha. I, think, I like how you mentioned vision. You know, vision is so important for an organization or to a family as well. How do you, let's say you're at an organization, right? How would you, how would you connect your team members to that vision? The way I connected um, my team members or my staff with my vision is to uh, let them know ahead of time. When you first meet them, these, this is the reason why we're here. That's the purpose. This is our mission. Where the mission is to be the number one, in this case, Baskin Robbins. Or uh, we're here to achieve so many cases in case, you know, 
for example, as in my work. And then um, that's how you relate the message to your team members. That's great. Um, another thing that you always had us do in basketball, I didn't really understand the concept of it, but it always talked about leading by example. I was wondering if you could explain what that means and why is that so important? It is very important. Um, if you want to become a leader, and not just a leader, but a very good leader, you have to lead by example. And you have to lead in a consistent basis. And what I mean by that, you can teach uh, uh, an individual um, how to be good in what they do, mm-hmm. you know, meaning in operations, how to... Uh, how to do uh, serve an ice cream in this case, you know, how to uh, treat a customer. Those are measurable items. Those can be qualitative. But not qualitative ones is that you still have to teach them how to be, uh, uh, most important is how to have a passion for what they're doing or for what integrity is, to have an attitude and able to do their work Mm-hmm. to be honest, mm-hmm. and also, above all, um, to have that grit within mm-hmm. them. So to be a leader, um, to set an example, is very important. Mm-hmm. You have to do it on a continuous basis because uh, your team members will see that uh, mm-hmm. if you don't do it. Gotcha. I know as, as a leader of different organizations and seeing people lead it's consistently so important because I've had some managers and or leaders say something but they don't follow it it's kind of like you know what happened you know that's true yeah and it's all the things you said about um, leading by example you touched on character integrity honesty grit can you explain the importance of knowing what's character as a leader ah uh, um Part of the character as a leader that you want to convey to your uh, team members is that uh, that you have it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, being consistent about it is I have to. If I want to convey them that they have to be honest, I have to be honest. If I have to uh, take the initiative to do something without being told, I have to have that initiative as well. Same as integrity, you know. If I, you know. If I have to show the team members that uh, you have to work here, you have to have the integrity to work here, and that means, you know, not stealing, they have to look at me, I have to do the same thing Mm -hmm. and show them that this is how it's done. This is the most important thing about, you know, being a leader is to show them how. Next question I have for you is, whether it's, us for helping out with the properties or seeing you know, Baskin Robbins rewarding your team members. Can you explain the psychology of that? Like, why is that? Why did you do it? And what's the benefit as a leader? Uh, it's important because it makes your team members engage. It makes an individual engage on what they do. Mm-hmm. If you reward them properly, mm-hmm. okay, because not all rewards are the same. If you reward them properly, and uh, it's, you know, and they're going to like it. They're going to be more engaged on what they do. They're mm-hmm. going to have the initiative to do it. They're going to be honest to do it. They're going to have the integrity of mm-hmm. doing their job and what they're supposed to. As, a, as a, their leader, how did that make you feel? It made me feel good once they follow that. 
Mm-hmm. Once we have uh, team members who can follow um, what I teach them mm-hmm. and the steps, you know, the reason why, you know, to do these things, it feels good. I think one of the things that a lot of people don't understand or they, they miss is that it's, it's the emotional connection of leadership. You know, as in as business or whatever you're doing, there's always the hard skills, you know, the numbers, financials, processes, operations. But we, what we don't understand enough is the soft, the soft side, where the emotional connection, where we connect with others. And that's where people really take it to the next level, you know, make, it, make an impact in someone's life or make some kind of significance in, in a daily activity. Yes, I truly agree. During your eight years of Baskin-Robbins and during the time it was... Eight and a half. Eight and a half, sorry, eight and a half. <laughs> and during the time it was actually during the, the 2008 recession, can you explain what was your difficult time or when and when was it? Uh, the most difficult times in Baskin-Robbins, um, I, I can't put it in one particular day or time or even a year mm-hmm. because... Um, Running Baskin Robbins, you name it, they had all the problems. Mm. Uh, we've been robbed three times. The first time, the first week, okay, um, the team members quit. They gave away products. They were stealing. They were, somebody was high. Somebody was in Oxycontin. Uh, the operations, the customer had complaints. Daily operation, electricity went out, ice cream melted, uh, there were vandalism, uh, there were arguing vendors. Uh, all those things came to, not just one time, but it came throughout all those years. However, the most difficult times was during the time that you mentioned, was around 2000 to 2000, 2007 to 2009, during the recession time. And the reason why is because it, everything compiled to on my shoulders. Um, I was giving you assignments, uh, my current work, my full-time work, which is uh, mm. South Coast Air Quality. Um, then your grandmommy was sick. She had a remission during mm. those times in 2008. And then later on, she passed away in July 2008. So that was difficult. And at the same time also was that Baskin-Robbins had a remodeling that was due that I had to spend and that was during the recession time, mind you. And it was a slow time that, that we had during the operations. But yet, I had to spend close to $50,000 to do that. So that was difficult. Uh, then, on top of that, we had our rentals. Mm-hmm. Half of our rentals were vacant. Wow. Meaning, uh, they couldn't pay rent, so we had to evict them. So mm-hmm. half of them were paid out. And then on top of that, the property managers of uh, the rentals, I had to fire them because they were stealing from us. They weren't doing their job. They were supposed to when I had to pay. So uh, between 2007 and 2008 was very difficult. Gotcha. Uh, I'm sure that sounds like a lot, and I'm pretty sure it was at the time. Um, Going through all that, what did you learn from it? Oh. What I learned from it is that uh, what you'll learn from it from is that uh, adversities, uh, anything that seems difficult at time is really not difficult, but it's going to make you stronger. Okay, Any adversity 
compiling whatever is going to make you stronger. As long as you stay with the, your purpose, uh, stay as your mission and what your vision is. I had that in mind. I had that in mind. Uh, we needed to, to be a success, but everything is coming, you know, against us. But yet, uh, with the, you know, with everything in mind, I know I had to do this because I had that, um, uh, you know, I had that vision that, and the mission to, to get it done. What comes out of it is that you find out later that's the, what we call the grit and the mm-hmm. passion. You gotta have a passion for life and you gotta have a true grit, you know, within you saying, this gotta be done. I gotta get this accomplished. No ifs and buts. That, well, that was great. I mean, it's, it's it kind of definitely relates to now because since we're getting all impacted by this, this crisis and a lot of our, I guess, mentors have told me during this time is that, you know, adversity is a good thing. It's, it's what you learn from it that comes out of it because it, they're saying that adversity and crisis has always come and it's not, it's not, un, not normal, not, not normal to experience it. So it's just another roadblock where we can learn about ourselves and just yes. take, take our steps to the next level. Yes. The true character of oneself and as the leader is after he or she overcomes that adversity and learn from it and go beyond it and improve from then. Yeah, I think we can all agree that this time is a really great time to kind of seize this moment. You know, we have, we have so much downtime right now since we have to be at home. And I would encourage our viewers just to see this opportunity to take next steps in your life. No matter how small it is, just do something. Instead of, I know Netflix is fun to watch. I've been binging too, but, you know, you got to segment your time to make the most out of this time. Yes. Learn. As a leader, as a business owner, a lot of things that you have to go through is firing. No one likes it, but it's necessary. When do you know when to fire somebody? Ah, um, the way you know to fire somebody is first. Uh, for myself, it was very useful for have to have a policy and procedure in mm-hmm. mind. The policy procedure I had, I had like thirteen to fourteen pages of policy procedure steps. These are pretty much guidelines: our mission, our purpose, and our guidelines that they need to follow. Mm-hmm. When do I know when a person needs to be fired? Usually it's within a few months, not even sometimes. Mm-hmm. If I made a mistake of picking the person, because a lot of times, you know, I don't know them well until you really get them to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way, the way to find out is, you first of all, you go through your guidelines and policy procedures and you train them. You train them and train them well. If they can't get that, okay, if they're looking like a bad influence to other team members, mm-hmm. guess what? You need to cut, cut them off. Get rid of them right away. The reason why if you don't, if you know, you've done all your training, the reason why if you don't is because they're going to influence the other team members mm-hmm. the wrong way. And you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching a Facebook event with John Maxwell and a lot of the other great leaders now. And one of them said that all it takes is one person to ruin the whole culture of an organization. Yes. So, wow, that's so true, you know? That's so true. Yeah. He, yeah. he was saying that this, the guy that who's 
the bad apple, he was very talented, but his attitude was just terrible. Yes. And so he was like, you got to get out of here. Yes. Very good. Uh, you mentioned about attitude. Mm -hmm. I would hire somebody who has a better attitude than aptitude. Attitude is always better. Mm -hmm. Meaning, if they have an attitude to work and willing to learn, that's better than somebody who's, you know, an A-plus student, by far. I, I definitely agree with that. It's attitude's pretty important. Yes. <laughs> Quite on the contrary of firing, you also have is hiring. Yes. How do you find talent? Yes. Um, that was difficult from my, the beginning when we had the business. Mm -hmm. How do I find talent? Um, at first, I was doing the screening, you know, have them make sure they know how to count, you know, because mm -hmm. they have to deal with cash. Mm -hmm. uh, then interviewing myself, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. But that didn't work. I learned from that right away. What worked best was to, um, to uh, get your uh, leaders, your shift leaders, mm -hmm. who's been there for a few months or even a couple of years mm -hmm. that they do the interview. Mm. Okay? Is that I train them how, what to look for. I train mm. them how to interview. I mm. train them how, you know, what kind of team members they should hire. And the best part about it is because I, I tell them, look, you can be working with, with this person. Mm. You might as well know how this person is. Mm -hmm. Okay? Eventually, you know, from 20 to 30 uh, applicants, they'll put that down to like eight, you know, five to eight applicants, and then I'll do the final interviewing. And then as a shift, uh, the shift leaders and I will gather up and see our notes, and we'll mm -hmm. talk about it. I think that's the best way to find the talent. And that has worked in the last years we had the Baskin-Robbins. I like how you mentioned that most people... I guess don't have that kind of responsibility for their team members because usually just the manager or maybe assistant manager, but yeah. it's just the actual actual teamers that get to do it. I think that's yeah. so important. That I think that get, psycho psychologically that really empowers them to take that responsibility. You know, yes. that, that level of trust that you're actually instilling them. It may seem like upfront. It's like oh, it's not that bad, but like and the psychology, psychologically, it's like so empowering, which is like whoa. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it, you mentioned the word empowers. That's a, you know, that's a very excellent word that you use because it, it gives them the responsibility. Mm -hmm. It gives them the responsibility. You're going to hire this person. Guess what? If you didn't do a good job, you know, it's, it's on you as well. It's not just me mm -hmm. being the owner or the manager. No, it's mm -hmm. us. It's a team. It's a team effort. The part of being a leader is that you can make an impact or significance in their life. How have you achieved that in real estate, basketball, um, anything you've done? Ah, uh, that's the most rewarding part about um, being a coach, mm -hmm. being a manager of Baskin-Robbins, or being a supervisor of my work and coaching them, mm -hmm. is that um, you see the success. Okay, uh, from somebody even in karate, somebody who's starting as a white belt, just like you, um, seeing that success going from white belt to uh, yellow belt to green belt to brown belt to to black belt and winning tournaments, mm -hmm. that's a success. Um, 
that's very rewarding. For the Baskin Robbins, I laid out from the beginning is that um, that my goal is that uh, these are college students. Mm-hmm. I know how it is. I was a college student myself, and it was hard studying with sixteen units or eighteen units and going through from one job to another. I told Marty, I want to support you guys on your school as long as you do your job at Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's make a deal. You know, you'll have a stable job. I'll work with you whatever hours you had. And guess what? I want you to finish school. Let me help you try to finish and get your degree. And guess what? That We had two nurses. Mm-hmm. We had one EMT. One, one had a business owner. So they finished school. Mm-hmm. That was very satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same way as the uh, most satisfying way as somebody's getting a white belt all to with a black belt. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I like how you mentioned that you're kind of investing in your time, energy, whatever it is, in your team members. And now, I've seen a lot of leaders or managers that don't do this. Yeah. Um, can you explain the importance of really investing in your team members? Yes. Um, Investing in team members. Uh, your team members are the biggest asset of your company. Mm-hmm. It, it's not your. It's not your products. It's not what they make. Okay, it is your the people mm-hmm. that work with you to make that product. It's the people who serve the customers. They're the biggest asset because if you don't have. If you didn't train the team members from the very beginning the way they should be, mm-hmm. okay, they they cannot work the way towards the purpose, mm-hmm. the mission, and the vision that you had. So, by far, your employees, your team members are your biggest asset. Yeah, that, that hits on the point of uh, Marcus Lamonis. His, if you guys have seen The Prophet, I'm sure many of you have, his his three P's are people, product, process. Mm-hmm. And people, I'm pretty sure a lot of people wonder, like, why people first? But to your point, it's, they're the foundation of the business. They yes. run, they essentially run the whole thing. Yes. So we, the leader, you're just kind of leading. <laughs> yeah. It, it, part of leadership is that you show them the way. You walk them the way without you being there. Meaning, mm-hmm. Once you train them, once you show them how it's done, mm-hmm. that's it. Hands off. And just, just watch over them. They'll do their job. They're engaged. Mm-hmm. You know. I know when you, we first were looking to buy the basketball rooms that we had, I remember that we, we went there to go check it out because you wanted to do some kind of, I guess, some homework. Oh, yeah. Then it was empty inside the store, but we noticed there was backpacks. I was like, what the... It's just the it's just the team members. So we go inside. We're like, huh, okay, it's kind of weird. We know it was kind of it was kind of messy in there. And when the ladies, we asked the ladies for help or something like that, they would have his bad customer service. Yeah. And so not too long after that, we acquired it. And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you know his problems, and you unfortunately acquire those problems. How did you? improve those or how did you find the solution for those, that problem okay so when we found out there was a problem with this store to me it wasn't a problem mm-hmm. it was an opportunity mm-hmm. it was a money making opportunity for us 
because the, pro the, the store was mismanaged. Mm -hmm. The team members were doing their homework at 9 o'clock in the mm -hmm. evening. Mm -hmm. You know, the store was messy. Mm -hmm. There were no ice cream on some of the tubs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was an opportunity. It wasn't a problem to us. Mm -hmm. It was a problem to the you know, current owner, mm -hmm. but it was an opportunity for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like how you mentioned opportunity, you know, especially in real estate, you know, when you look at something, it's, it's about, well, I think that's how you, your mindset is going into it. And then especially in real estate deals, you know, when someone sees like a house that's beat up with like broken windows and crappy yard and crappy yeah. roof, most people are like, Ugh! but to the savvy investor, that's like, that's gold. Yes. Our very first, uh, uh, investment property uh, with your mom when I, when I was 23 years old was a, a property. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a real estate owned property and uh, it was crappy mm -hmm. inside. But again, we see the potential mm -hmm. on what this can make and what the market is. Mm -hmm. We can make money out of this. You know, little things here and there, nothing structural, you know, uh, we, we see that opportunity and we took advantage of it. Another thing with Basso Roberts is that you had, since it was a franchise, corporate wants to always expand. Um, sometimes we have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. We can either take that choice or not. Yeah. And, but, and corporate asks you multiple times, hey, once you get in the store, you know? <laughs> but you said no. How come? Actually, it was the other way around. They said uh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the first year we had the store, uh, I already found two Baskin Robbins opportunities. I already uh, talked to the uh, owner of mm -hmm. the current property. Mm -hmm. they were, they're willing to uh, reduce the price mm -hmm. of the, the store. Yeah. Much, so much lower that I told the corporate, I want to take advantage of this. Yeah. And the reason why they said no, because it was in August, so it was like only like three months then. And the other one's like six months. Is that they wanted me to have more experience mm -hmm. with the store that we had. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then later on, I find out about uh, the systems that they have with Baskin Robbins. Mm -hmm. um, I knew at that time, after that, a year or two years later, and we pretty much said no, yes. No to uh, having mm -hmm. another uh, store. Mm -hmm. And because the the system that was built in didn't seem to uh, man with the entrepreneurial spirit that I was thinking of, that I wanted to have at that time. Oh, so they were kind of, they were more controlling. Exactly. They were controlling. Uh, they, we had some products mm -hmm. uh, that we wanted to uh, sell. I mean, we, we were the first one who started the, the cookies, okay, with mm -hmm. the ice cream in the middle, mm -hmm. and they would sell it there. Mm -hmm. But since it's not a product by the corporate office, they want to take it out. But my argument was, it's like, this is selling like hotcakes. Mm -hmm. We have ordered these because they're like sandwiches, mm -hmm. you know. We had Baskin-Robbins ice cream, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but they didn't want that. And, you know, they didn't have that open mind mm -hmm. that I wanted them to have. The entrepreneurial spirit is what I'm talking about. Yeah. But guess what? Later on, after we sold the... Baskin Robbins, mm -hmm. they incorporate that cookies, that sandwich ice cream. <laughs> Go figure out. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. As an investor and as business, 
business owner, when do you know when to expand? The time that you know uh, when to expand is that um, once you have the business intelligence, mm-hmm. once you know everything regarding your business, the ins and outs, okay? Your plan, your exit plan, um, once you have all that, then you go to the next step. Is the market and economy, is it the right time mm-hmm. to expand? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it during recession time? Sure. Maybe it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe the price is too much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have the cash flow? Do you have enough cash to be able to protect whatever you purchased in case something happens? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I mean by the exit plan. Okay, you got to have enough cash flow. And, of course, your valuation. Is the price right? Mm-hmm. You know, is the owner willing to go uh, reduce the price or have uh, incredible terms mm-hmm. on selling the property? If that's the case, then uh, it could be the right time to expand. You know, all those factors have to go in before you expand. Gotcha. So it's a lot of due diligence. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. You don't want to... You know, you don't want to go in just because, you know, you have a property. You mm-hmm. want to go in because you know it's mm-hmm. going to be a very good investment. You know ahead of time, it's a good opportunity, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of things from Baskin Robbins was based off systems. They're very, they're able to expand because of their systems are so um, well organized. Can you explain what you learned from the organizational standpoint of systems and the importance of systems as a leader? Uh, um, with the Baskin-Robbins, since the Baskin-Robbins is a franchise or mm-hmm. the franchisee, their system is to have to follow the corporate um, guidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's restrictive in a way if you really you know, become entrepreneur and you know you, you have uh, thinking out of the box, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's still good, but yet it's not everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, As far as Leadership, uh, what I learned uh, is that being a leader uh, takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, being, lear- uh, being a leader is a learning process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work all the time, mm-hmm. meaning you have to learn. Uh, team members, they all have different personalities. Mm-hmm. They all have different characters. It's a learning process. You have to learn them. Mm-hmm. You, you got to learn how they tick how you know what they want for uh rewards Mm -hmm. you know um then being a good leader you have to evaluate and Mm -hmm. then reevaluate and then Mm -hmm. learn again Mm -hmm. that's the whole process of uh the system of leadership it's an ending process but it's a very good process yeah look how you mentioned that leadership is is a uh, long-term the long-term game you know many people think you know you see like experiencing one thing and then once you apply to a position you're a leader not quite it's it's how you should really see the whole spectrum of your career you know it's it's a long process you know you're always going as a leader and you need to always go because if you're if you're thinking that oh i'm the leader already i'm good yeah then you're not a leader you know you're just going to fail really quick yeah because if you're not growing then your organization's not going to grow it's like oh yeah that's so true uh mm-hmm. if you think you know everything already then you're, you, you've already failed. Mm-hmm. You don't know everything yet. 
Okay, as a leader especially, mm. um, you can learn a lot of things from not just one leader, but different leaders. You know, you can get something from this leader over here and this one over here and this one over there. What the and make yourself the leader that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Meaning, uh, this leader number one, I, I want to get this from him. The reason why, and this one too, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And then you can, you know, envision yourself. You know what? This is great. You know, I want to become this kind of leader, and that's what I want to look for. And then, then you keep learning, learning, and learning. What was, what's one key takeaway you learned from Oni and Baskin Robbins? The one key takeaway for owning a, a Baskin Robbins is being able to make an exemplary, positive difference to an individual mm-hmm. or the team members. Um, that's when you know you've done a great job as a leader. You can pat yourself on the back, saying that. Um, I've influenced this person in a very good positive way. Mm-hmm. He or she got her college degree, was able to serve the customers mm-hmm. and then move forward from then on. And that's one thing uh, I take away from, you know, learning as a leader from a Baskin Robbins. And we're about to wrap up here. We just have our last three questions. And these questions I ask all my guests. Okay. Um, so first question is, let's say you have a five to ten year old niece or nephew and they come up to you and say, hey, Uncle Gilbert, what do I need to do to become the best leader I can be? Ah, very good. Um, the best way to become a leader is uh, read. There are plenty of books uh, that will teach you how to be a leader. Okay. Um, follow the leaders that we have all around. Um, look for a mentor or mentors mm-hmm. that can uh, lead you the way who's expert in the business, who is expert in the field. Follow that person. What do they do right? And uh, how can I improve? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, then be a diligent follower. To be a leader, you have to learn how to follow, meaning you have to take notes, you have to review your notes, you have mm-hmm. to keep learning, uh, you got to learn how to uh, think by yourself, how can I improve, mm-hmm. how do I find a solution, be like a sponge in a mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and be a, that's being a diligent follower. And then the last thing is time. Like we mentioned before, it, it takes time to be a uh, a very good leader, not just a leader, but uh, an excellent leader. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, it's a learning process. Um, there are t- different types of leaders out there. There's a different types of how to lead, but you have to define yourself. What kind of leader would I want to be? Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, it's that's so important nowadays, um, especially since we have so much time now. It's kind of nice to like actually take. Take it every opportunity we can. Yes. Second to last question is, out of all of your experience as being a leader, what is, what's been the most rewarding thing about it? Um, the most rewarding about it is uh, the journey, the experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, we've had our, our hard times. 
Mm-hmm. It, it was frustrating. It was 80-hour weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, that taught me a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that taught me that I can actually be this strong. I can actually be this diligent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it takes uh, a lot of patience. And uh, the biggest reward are, for me is not just money, Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean that's the icing on the cake. Not just the money, the products that you sell, you know, the investment that you make, mm-hmm. but so much of the, you know, um, the positive again, the positive influence mm-hmm. uh, you've had on these team members. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that, uh, that 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 they'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, meaning. I've had team members who give me a gift saying, thank you for the support and the love that you give me throughout. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. I still have that, that little clock I have that on my desk. That's great. I, I can imagine that's, that's such a great feeling to have as a leader, as a human being, actually. Um, that kind of just that little significance. Yes. And last question is, what's your favorite leadership book? Ah, um, it, it's a continuing, uh, read a lot of leadership books. So there's not one leadership book um, that I like, but I can name you three. Okay. okay? Uh, Wooden in leadership. John Wooden, mm-hmm. a basketball coach. Okay, what does that basketball coach have to do with real estate investing? What does that have to do with, uh, um, you know, uh, ice cream business? Mm-hmm. Guess what? Um, he 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 showed how from from the beginning on how to even like tie a shoe, how to shoot a basketball, mm-hmm. okay, how to deal with his uh, you know his uh, players, mm-hmm. okay. Um, the other one, it's not about coffee by mm-hmm. Howard Behar. Mm-hmm. It's not all about coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the guy from Starbucks, he's an executive from Starbucks. Um, mm-hmm. He talks about, uh, it's not just about selling coffee at Starbucks, but, but it's about the customers. Mm-hmm. It's about your employees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the last one is, um, the one I've read my favorite all time was uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, he tells you about the, the passion you should have, uh, not just in life, but everything that you do. You got to have mm-hmm. that. You gotta have the fortitude. You gotta have the grit mm-hmm. to be able to be success. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be challenging. But guess what? It's gonna be worth it. Definitely, I like all those books. I've read. I think the 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 one about Star Wars, but I'm gonna read that one. I have that. Yeah, it's sitting on my night table. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, I'll be sure to definitely read that. Um, again, Dad, thank you so much. I've certainly learned a lot, and I'm hopefully to you as well, and. I hope you guys stay healthy and COVID-19 free. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.